Hello everybody and welcome back to Goldbridge Saves Football. What a week we've got for you. We're going to be talking for the fallout of the weekend. Terrible, terrible decisions. We'll be getting into that. Also, Goldbridge called out by an England and Man United superstar. Maybe Will might want to talk about that. I certainly do. Uh, we've also got our Pratt Pundit of the Week. and We've got a new jingle for you. This is going to go straight to the top of the charts on Spotify and everywhere. We've got your questions. We've also got our either-ors. We've got loads. This is Goldbridge saves football and things are about to get hot. That's your cue, Will. Yeah, lovely stuff. Hopefully you that's not the jingle going forward. There are better jingles coming forward. That was a sound effect made by Mark's uh, lovely mouth, which is a weird phrase to say. Um, not Paul Parker, though, is it? The Man United in England legend? <laughs> Way better than that. He wishes he was this player. You know, I've got promoted. I mean, I suppose that's a positive. I've been called out by Paul Parker. I've been called out by Danny Murphy. What I would call the dregs of the footballing community. This is a superstar. This is, you know, this is massive. Yeah. uh, This is massive. You're working your way um, up. Birmingham, I messaged you. You were 2-0 up against Lips, which I said, what a great result this is going to be. And I've mentioned Birmingham before you here, Will. And it finished 2-2. Yeah, well, you know, I I hate... um not controversy, confrontation. So, you know, I'm quite mild-mannered. I don't really, you know, get, just, I, you know, I have an opinion, but I don't get two-footed in there. But I'd had a Guinness on Saturday and I tweeted out, welcome to Wayne Rooney's Birmingham City. You quote retweeted it going, I told you, which you didn't tell me. But, um, and then by the end of the day, I'd had uh, 1 million impressions. Every single Villa fan had come out the woodwork and was lumping on me. And uh, I muted my tweet because I just couldn't take it anymore. But no, yeah, Wayne Rooney's Birmingham. But a few positives there. And uh, the only way is up, I hope. It's called the Goldbridge effect. It basically jinx. Um, I'll, I'll, jinx I'll destroy anything. Like yeah, literally, I'd said Birmingham were going to win. I take responsibility for it. I included Liverpool in losing this weekend, and they got a late equaliser as well. It's people know it. It's called the but, Saturday afternoon Goldbridge effect, where he will completely and utterly do you when you're winning. When he says great result for them. Well, the irony of the tweet actually is it's Wayne Rooney's Birmingham City down to a T because we've not won and we've thrown away in a lead and um, we're still not playing very well. So, well, we were playing better. Anyway, too much Birmingham City for the first two minutes yeah, of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll cut it out. Um, look, what we're not going to cut out is straight away into this. Uh, obviously, it's Marcus Rashford who's, who's called the United standout. I can talk to you about that. But what I want to talk about is my passion for football. Uh, this is Goldbridge saves football. And unfortunately, we were ahead of the game. We keep saying this. We've spoken about VAR so many times. It seems to get worse. And I'm disgusted with that weekend. And also, there is a progression of the story, though, because I feel that the media and ex-players are now siding with the referees and ridiculing people for actually calling it out. You know, when it comes to Arteta and Arsenal having their statement, you've got the Nevilles, the Owens, the Carragers. They were, you know, Warnock, not not the good Warnock, the Poundland Warnock of Stephen. Uh, oh, he's a Sky, good this... he's not be yeah, he's calling... Warnock. Yeah, but he's calling Arsenal and Arteta out. I mean, can you see where they're coming from here, Will? I don't get it. I don't get how... The, basically, if you're a, if you're sticking up for the PGMOL and you're having a pop at Arteta, you're having a pop at Klopp, you're having a pop at Gary O'Neill, you're having a pop at... You're having a pop at, pop at the, the incompetence in football and therefore you're, you're having a pop at football fans wanting value for money. I um, I actually really disagree with you on this. I think the whole sort of... Good. The, the whole storm has started from the weekend's game between Arsenal and Newcastle with the goal. And I don't think there was a clear and obvious decision for the for the goal to be reversed. The the ball clearly doesn't the clip the ball is not clearly out of play. It probably is a foul, but maybe not as clear and obvious. 
and what was the other one? There was a, was there another thing? maybe another offside in there, but I think the worst thing of it all to come from was the Arsenal putting out a statement because that is just that's like uh, everyone shouldn't. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just don't think they should have put the Arsenal statement out because it just it's just too far because we're going in a cyclical cycle where you what you do something wrong, you get an apology, but what does the apology mean? It doesn't mean anything. We're just going to go round in a circle, and we really need to look at how to improve referee and not just how to improve our apologies. But that's exactly what it says in the Arsenal statement. It says that, you know, we the quality of the officiate. But, but, but you, know, it, you know what it is? It's, 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 it, when there's an injustice, you well, either sit back and... an injustice. I'd, well, I'll tell you what, I'd hate to be around your house if you had a dog and you said, go in the Pringles and get, go into the kitchen and get the Pringles, Mark. The dog's in there. He'll probably lick you to death. He's really placid. I go in, I come back with no Pringles and I've got a bite on my leg. And I say, your dog's bit me. And you go, well, I haven't seen it. There's no real evidence. All right, there's a dog in there and I can see a bite, but I haven't seen any definitive footage. And then I lift my leg up and I go, it's not just one bite, Will. There's four bites there. Well, yeah, there is a dog in there. No, but you've gone in, you've gone in going... Oh, a doggy strapped a Pringle to your leg and then gone, have a go on this. And then you've come in crying wolf. That's what you've done. Still bit me. Still bit me. Yeah, but you, Still you a foul. Bit out. But you know what? What really frustrates me about this is that I cannot understand the, the, the point that Gary Neville, Michael Owen, Jamie Carragher and any other defender will, I've forgotten your surname, Brazier. <laughs> I cannot understand what your point is because... Why are you protecting these referees? I mean, point one, there's not enough evidence to say that you can't rule that goal out. Well, Brighton against United, they they there's no there's no technology. Oh yeah, the ball's gone out. But against Newcastle, I think the ball's gone out. Oh, there's no technology, yeah. so we can't do anything about it. It's a contradiction. Keyword there, think you can't 100% say the ball's gone out in the United Brighton game or that game. So therefore, you can't reverse the decision of the goal. And then I, I think what Carragher... But they did. Say, they did. In the United-Brighton game, they reversed it. Yeah, uh, but... Yeah, okay. They sh- maybe they shouldn't have done that, but what I'm trying so to I'm say... So I'm right there. That's one. Yeah. You Let's can't move s- on to the foul. No, you... <laughs> I, you, they, I just, you can't have... You've got me really wound up. You can't have Arsenal putting a statement out. This is real wound up. He looks about- absolutely placid. You know, he's such a nice <laughs> lad. Get me a dog in here. Um, that sounds weird. Um, Arsenal can't be putting out a statement about that because... It's not the Liverpool one was so clearly a mistake where we've got the audio, we've heard the absolute kerfuffle in the VAR room. The poor assistant guy, probably on work experience, he's having to chime in. That is clearly an error, a mistake, and it's completely gone wrong. VAR has failed there, so the statement mm. needed to be made. Arsenal, but- it's not clear and obvious, it's not a definitive answer. The ball definitely hasn't gone out of play, it 100% might not be it's still up in the air whether it's a push in the back. And if we're going to go around in this cycle of apologies, and it's always, it's the big clubs as well, isn't it? Like you, you've mentioned other with Brighton Wolves, yeah. like it, it, the, the media have to, oh, I'm getting into your territory. Yeah. I'm just, I just. But they're not, they're not doing, the thing is the PGMOL are not doing anything. I mean, Gary Neville said yesterday that basically if I was Howard Webb, um, I would stop apologising to them and just get on with it. Managers and players uh, uh, make mistakes more than referees. So Gary Neville, the people's prime minister, that you know the football god, is telling football fans get on with it because Mikel Arteta represents me 
and every other football fan that's had enough. No. So Gary Neville, is, Gary Neville is saying, if I was Howard Webb, I'd stop apologising, just get on with it, mistakes happen. But these mistakes shouldn't happen. As I said, the ball to me is over the line. I accept you can't be 100% sure. But they did it with United. They overruled it there. So we have to moan about it. I mean, Gary's fallen down on the very first point because we can't just get on with it. We can't have situations where the ball might be in or it might be out. Get the technology in. As for the foul on the push on Gabriel, I mean, I've, I've heard people say it's definitely not a foul. What a load of nonsense. For me, it definitely is a foul. So you can't be, I can't say it's definitely a foul if people think it's not a foul, but to me, it's a foul. And it's a, he's got both hands on his back before the ball even reaches Gabriel. And people are saying, oh, I don't think it's a foul because I think Gabriel's in a bad position. Well, I think it's a foul because he's got two hands on his back. Who's right? Who's wrong? Again, I think that's a massive, massive mistake. But my creme de la month, my real, you know, Ferrero Rocher bomb is that this the, these referees who, who were officiating on this game, Will, you, that you want to back, had already exposed themselves as completely and utterly incompetent because Havertz is a red card every single day and Bruno Gomez is a red card every single day. So I had already lost faith in these VAR officials already. And I think the Nevilles and the Carragers and the Braziers of this world are sticking up for officials that had already exposed themselves as being completely and utterly incompetent. If they got every other decision right and they were, you know, respected referees, I'd, I'd be a little bit disappointed that they they gave that goal against Newcastle. But the fact that they already evidence that they were completely and utterly negligent really just backs up my opinion that that was a horrific decision to make. And also they had two bites of the cherry. The goal never should have been given. There was two massive big decisions where you didn't need to give the goal and they still overruled it. Terrible. Yeah, but okay. So the problem is VAR. So I think my first solution for that is just take away all the objectivity and all the subjective decisions away from that. So we bring mm. in the UEFA style offside um, technology where it's clear and obvious if you're breaking that plane with any part of your body, whether it's your elbow, your helmet, your your shoulder, whatever it is, that's offside, that's clear. And then the second one is looking at the state of officiating. We know in this country, we've got bad officials. We'll come on to Pratt of the Week. There's a fantastic theme tune. Anthony Taylor got demoted to the championship this weekend. Why am I having to put up with that shit? He made another terrible decision. <laughs> he was back on Sunday. It, it, he, he made a terrible decision in the Preston North End game with one of the worst penalties I've ever seen given. So then f- football fans are still suffering. So we need to improve officiating. So how do we do that? I have been beating this drum since the day one of this podcast and uh, PP, pre-podcast. We need to get ex-players into no. the officiating... Let me finish. Into the officiating room, whether it's in the VAR room, whether it's helping them train, whether it's them being a fourth official. That There needs to be a level of common sense that for some reason, whoever referees are getting into the business, they lose their head. There's who who's the most experienced official? Howard Webb should be officiating. Like he's the most experienced official. He's only fifty something. I'm gonna get clipped up on this because I absolutely do not agree that you need to be an ex player to help VAR out. I could help it. I haven't played the game. You at the highest level, you could help them. How could imagine they said because they're obviously mates with Howard Webb because they're always sticking up for the PGMOL. Imagine if Howard Webb said, Gary and Jamie, can you come in and help us and give us some help? We'd love to. Give us more money. This is out. This is, we're really interested. They're going to give them help, right? And they're going to say, well, yeah, the Newcastle, that push on Joel Linton isn't a, isn't a foul. 
But a week before, that soft penalty again on Rasmus Hoyland is a penalty. And then you've got the same problems again. They're contradicting themselves. These ex-players who, who, who've played the game, they're contradicting themselves within six days. Hoyland, soft, but a penalty. Pushing the back of Joel Linton, not a foul. I mean, they, they don't, they can't do, well, you, well, you need it. Look, I know that the Wolves penalty wasn't a penalty for Sheffield United because I've played five-a-side pub football the lot. And he's, it's a dive. I think the, 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 the problem we have here and the reason so many people get angry is that, and people always say to me, sometimes you say it, Will, Mark, why are you so unbiased when you're such a loyal United fan when you're watching <laughs> games? I'd like to remove myself from that statement. Maybe I dreamt it. You know what it is? I have this amazing ability that the, the vast majority of people seem to have, but certain people in the media are lacking. When that goal is conceded by Arsenal... I pretend it happened against Man United. And then I it makes me unbiased because I go, if that had been conceded by United, that's definitely a push on Maguire and that ball's gone out. And I think that's just the problem. And I said it yesterday on, on, on social media. We've already lost this battle because people are already turning it into a rivalry thing and ridiculing Arsenal like they did Liverpool a few weeks ago. When actually... We should be making more noise as a collective because the quality of officiating is negligent, out of control and appalling. And when you have media journalists or ex-players backing that, I find it sensational. Like, we've had Wolves at it two weeks in a row. Brighton should have had a player sent off last week. The stupid offside for United. So many bad decisions. And yet these paid pundits who work for the media, who work with the PGMOL, are all coming out backing them. And I would I would say to Jamie Carragher, if that was Man City against Liverpool in a couple of weeks, and that's a shove in the back of Van Dijk, there's no way he's sat there going, VAR can't change the decision. I've played the game. You know, he, he, he'll, be, he'll be there uh, going, it's I, an outrage. I, I think he would. And I think that... No. I think that I, I do. I think there's two things there. I think you can have a... We can have a chat about the decision. You think it's a foul. I might not think it's a foul. That's still subjective. But I think the other element to this is clubs just absolutely throwing petrol on a bonfire that isn't the right bonfire to put your petrol on. You've, but you know you me, I'll, your, I'll always back that. You, yeah. I mean, you've got the flamethrower going out there. But the Arsenal I'm the verbal arsonist. <laughs> you're a verbal arse. It's just yeah. the... Um, the Arsenal statement is just completely incorrect. They've not read the room wrong. It's like a bunch of girls going on a night out and a girl's gone, shall I post this picture? Do I look great? Or the girls secretly hate her and they've gone, go on, go and post it. And she's posted it. She looks horrible and the girls are all having the right cackle because they've done a job on it. And that's like the whole Arsenal mentality with that post. They've gone, Arteta, should we back it? Yeah, let's get put a statement out there. It just, it wasn't right. And it's just, it's not going to improve officiating because it's what they, they're going to have more and more and more and more pressure on them. And that's only going to lead to more and more mistakes. So I've I got completely the bomb disagree here. with you today. Go on. I've got the bomb. Well, you'll agree with this. You've, you've, you've made a really silly statement there. I completely disagree with you and you're about to agree with me. Get ready for this absolute Goldbridge bomb. If we'd had no VAR on Saturday night, on pitch, referee gave the goal. I can live with that. I can yeah. live with that mistake. And that means Newcastle fans celebrate the goal, knowing it's a goal. Yeah, Arsenal yeah. know there's been an injustice. There's no delay. We get on with it. The solution, and I tell you what, it makes me feel excited inside. The solution is remove VAR. Because 
the United offside for the for the McTominay goal would have been a goal, and Fulham fans wouldn't have even moaned. They wouldn't have gone to their rule book and gone, "Well, actually, Harry Maguire is is he is he is actually interfering with pay." Arsenal fans would have gone, the "Ball's out, he's pushing him in the back," but there's nothing they can do. It's one nil. You know, we need to go. VAR, you're right, has become so subjective, and it's not being used. The tech, the VAR technology is fine, but we're not using the tech. We're using subjective human beings. The referee is already a subjective human being. We're muddying the waters with subjective, 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 and it's taking two, three, four, five minutes. The bottom line is, if there's no VAR, it's still a goal at the weekend, but I live with it better. I think Arteta lives with it better because you just go, it's a hard job. It's an on-field referee. He's made a mistake. Hopefully, it'll balance itself out across the season. But we're over-analyzing, we're over-refereeing, and I think that's the solution. Remove VAR. Yeah, because at, in the end of the day, like Arsenal, Newcastle probably did a job on Arsenal. They they got out and they touched on it. The defensive performance, they knew how to weaken their system. Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe's Newcastle did it, made a, had a fantastic game. They won it, and yet here we are on Monday going into Tuesday's podcast talking about officiating when we should mm. just, you know, we were we were setting the trend what six weeks ago when we had a title saying ban VAR because it's not been implemented right and it needs to go. Um, because as a championship fan, and obviously the championship doesn't get a, a lot of the same spotlight as a Premier League game, but Blues lost 3-1 the other week to Southampton. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the first goal was offside. But there, there is sort of a psychological thing where you do get on and get over it pretty quickly. Like we should have had a penalty, I, I can go on. But you just have to accept it a bit more. And I think, yeah, with the VAR, there is a sort of, three, four-day weekend hangover, isn't there? But I watched the Carabao Cup last week, Man United-Newcastle. Now, unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to enjoy a goal because we lost 3-0. But I did enjoy the game, the flow of the game. And I actually enjoyed the referee getting bad decisions wrong, but the game flowing. Like I was just yeah. like, well, it's gone. I can't do anything about it now unless I write it down, which no one's going to care about. We don't... Pre-VAR, pre we really didn't talk about decisions in the depth that we do now. There might be no. a, a penalty or there might be a bit of a handball somewhere, but the volume of incidents we talk about has been amplified and increased by VAR. Get rid of it. It's ruining the game. It's ruining the game. It's a, the it's the a, game is being ruined, Will. We've got to, you've got to agree with me on that. The game the has... Gone. It, the game is gone. The game's getting worse. Anyway, but let's move I on. I think that ties into something else we're going to talk about later anyway. Just the amount of money in football and, and the way it's going in terms of it being a bit of a chess match. Um, do you want to talk about, the as we're recording on a Monday, what the bit of back and forth you've had today? Well, what's your thoughts on this? Because, um, I mean, I'll frame it. I mean, I've been out half the day doing my stuff with charity, um, otherwise known as Ben Foster. And uh, he, uh, I came back at lunchtime. And obviously, there are other people that work on the United Stand. And effectively, we did a video at 10 o'clock every morning. And it was it's always a news show. And I think the title was something like what next? No, the thumbnail was what next with a picture of Rashford. And then the title was Rashford future in doubt, question mark, Man United News. Now, clearly to our audience, that means we're going to talk about Marcus Rashford and, you know, what the future is for Rashford. He's out the team at the moment. Ganacho's playing well. That could mean his immediate future. You know, is he going to be getting back in the team? And if he doesn't get back in the team, what's his long term future as a 350k player? I see no problem with this. I defend it. We, we do it all the time. We've done videos with the end as a thumbnail and called it the end of Anthony Martial because we think maybe he's going to get sold. Marcus Rashford obviously didn't like this title because he said to work something to the effect of 
please stop in capital letters these malicious rumours. I don't know what the rumours are, Will. But he certainly got what he looked for, which he's done in the past, which is, um, you know, some positive PR. He scored on social media. Shame he can't do it on the pitch. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Uh, I think... Not fan... for me. No? I'm fuming. I think it's a tricky one because I've never really delved into fan media in terms of, you know... Yeah, no one wants to see me do a Birmingham City channel, not even Birmingham City fans, and there's not a demand for it. No I think one it's would very see hard. it, you're right. <laughs> I think Only family members, if you force them. To... <laughs> and they didn't even support Birmingham. Uh, it's very hard to sort of split that. You are a fan, so you are a passionate fan. Whoever speaking has an opinion. But then it's, you know, the, the level the United stand is now is a media organisation. So it's balancing those waters and then also you know and not everyone has an understanding of youtube as well so it's coming but then is there other forces at play it's a very tricky one i wouldn't like to be in your shoes not because of the, the rashford tweet but you've got a lot thicker skin than me and um you moisturize it very well well look from my point of view the reason i'm disappointed and angry about it is that when he said um stop posting malicious rumors I could have quote tweeted it and got a lot of exposure and may well have ended up on the BBC myself by saying, quote tweet, stop partying in Manchester after we've lost to Manchester Derby. It would have done well. It would have done well, wouldn't it, Will? That that tweet would have done well. It would have got, it would have amplified the issue. Or I could have said, please stop scoring on social media and score on the pitch. You know, could have said that as well. But I, you know what? The reason I'm disappointed is because as people who watch the United Stand will know, might be in the minority here, but I actually like Rashford. I've been a big fan of Rashford from the day he, he he started at United. I have to be honest, he's not playing very well at the moment, and I think he has consistency issues. But I've always been a big advocate of his. I've always been a big supporter of his. So I'm disappointed that he chose our outlets to sort of misinterpret and sort of target. I'm driving back from Leamington today. Talk sports on. Jim White, Martin O'Neill, Simon Jordan. I respect two of those people. They're going in on Rashford saying partying after the Manchester derby is not acceptable. Really going in on him. Now, as he quote tweeted TalkSport, who aren't United fans, we're United fans who want the best out of Marcus Rashford and he's creating a division in the fan base. For what? It's a miss. I'm disappointed with it. I am disappointed with it. And also, yeah. let's talk about the mentality here. I don't think Kevin De Bruyne is doing this. I, I don't think... I think this is something that gets, maybe it's unfair to level it at Rashford, but he has done the tweet. Other players have done it as well. We've seen it with, with Maguire and, and, and stuff. I think they're too interested in social media when for me, the top mentality players, they deal with it by performing on the pitch. They, they shut it out and get on with their job. It's not a good look really to be Monday morning interacting with a tweet you've taken out of context when you're not playing well for United and you've just been disciplined by the manager the week before, the best thing to do is what I think he can do is get on the pitch and perform and we be one of the best players in Europe. Yeah. I, it, it's a tricky one because you, as a, as a player as well, like you, we've talked about it before where players do seem to get these entourages and a lot of, you know, they're becoming businesses as well. So th there's probably two sides of it where there's He Marcus may not have tweeted. Yeah, there is that. There's protected Marcus Rashford, the player, which to protect himself or to, you know, change the opinion of him, we can go and do what you said and go out and 
score goals and everything changes like that. The business side of things as well is which where, you know, I've well, I've been in this sort of media sport industry for six, seven years. You see good people, but you do see a lot of bad people in there. And I'm not saying that's around Rashford team. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of other players that have huge entourages and people advising mm. them badly. So it's like the player Rashford and the business Rashford. And hopefully those and the two real, are And the person, yeah. Some, and, and yeah, and the person. But sometimes those things become clouded. You know, there's a whole chat about fan media, which maybe we can do a podcast on as well as pundits as yourself and you know if, with that's football and the man united channel how much you differ between those because you know that's football you're a, a football fan that's why we talk about refereeing decisions on the man united channel you're a man united fan at your heart so you know god knows what i said groups about birmingham city players when we lost eight nil to bournemouth in 2016 you know a lot worse than been said so we're in a very strange world it's very cloudy i, I couldn't be you i couldn't do the job that you do um so shall we move on to proud of the week well this is just you know thank god we're not putting rashford in here you know we, he can't tweet us though and if he leaves a comment on spotify we'll delete it remember you can leave your comments on spotify though we're getting more and more into your questions um we've got some more to bring into the show in a minute but if you are on spotify please do give us five stars give us a follow but leave leave a question we, we, we will read the better ones out we've got some more in a bit as well you can do that i think you can do it on itunes as well so do give us leave us questions or if the, you know if there's anybody that comes back with something interesting in relation to what we've just said there about the rashford scenario or the refereeing if someone makes a good point we will read it out that's what we're all about but i feel we need a drum roll here i'm really excited about this it's our first jingle for a regular section of the week which is called pratt of the week will do you want to count us down yeah here we go. You're a Pratt, he's a Pratt, she's a Pratt, they're whiny. Now it's time for Pratt of the Week. One, two, three. Thank you Incredible. Very much. You I that? actually think I think I think we need to hear it again. Yeah, I'll just go with that. Rewind selector. You're a Pratt, he's a Pratt, she's a Pratt, they're whiny. Now it's time for Pratt of the Week. One, two, three. Love it. We will do that again. We'll, we have to do it at the end of the section as well, because I, I could listen to that all day. Um Six what days and £8,000 it cost, but it was worth it for that eight seconds of enjoyment. Thank you, Mark, for paying that as well. It just it brings it. It makes me feel happy inside. Yes, well, we spoke a lot about Newcastle and Arsenal, a lot about refereeing decisions, a lot about Manchester United, but there was a fantastic game down at Kenilworth Road at the weekend. Liverpool won. Uh, Luton won. Liverpool won, is how it should correctly be said. We're not <laughs> doing NFL right now. Uh, I wanted to chat about Darwin Nunes. Missed the season. Got flagged offside. Probably could have been... Uh, given onside, looking at the replays. I love Darwin Nunes. We spoke about him, but yeah. Jesus, I mean, a big prat there because that is one of the biggest misses of the season. Well, remember somebody said in the suggestions last week that we should have a Bell End Door uh, Award, which uh, I'm yeah. sort of confused about what's Prat of the Week and what's Bell End Door. Are we doing Bell End Door on a Friday or something? I think, uh, here we go. Prat of the Week is weekly segment. Yeah, yeah. Every Monday we do it. Maybe we chuck in a Friday Prat if someone's really annoyed us. And then when we do the league table or we have our end of year awards, that's when Thank you it. get given the bell on Dior. That's the culmination of you being an absolute prat. Bell end or. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think the Darwin <laughs> Nunez miss is all I can say is echo what many people would say, hopefully, is that I think Darwin Nunez is a fantastic player. I think he's got a lot speed, control. Um, he can carry the ball. He can dribble. He can shoot but he has this amazing tendency to miss very, very easy chances. 
I'm sure Liverpool are looking at it because there was a point in the Luton game where he made a great run, chested it down. He's got it on the volley. He's hit the bar. I think he should have scored that. But that sitter, I'd finish that. Will it finish that? You know, we, we would. We would. And I just wonder if it's a concentration thing. I've spoken to a few strikers in the game, uh, not Marcus Rashford. And he basically, uh, I've been told, is that even the simplest chance, if you're playing five aside with your mates, you don't think about it. You just pass it in. But a lot of people miss sitters. So as a top-level striker, even you, you, you concentrate the same as you do with a 30-yard free kick as you do with a tap-in. It's just concentration that allows you to miss those chances. Um, I just think he needs to work on that a little bit. But yeah, it was a terrible miss. Miss of the season so far. Can't really think of anything worse. Well, it was also, I mean, in the week as well, they had that cup game against Bournemouth and the, the goal that he scored, everyone was saying, was the sort of... the him as a player because the ball came over the top. He miscontrolled it. The Bournemouth fans give him the big, way brings it on his right foot, scores maybe one of the goals of the season. Mm. Um, and, and I think that's him as a striker and hopefully that sort of gets ironed out of his game because I've said it before, there's just something about Darwin that I really like and love as a, maybe it's an old, not an old fashioned number nine because he's much more than that, but there's just something to really like about him. And uh, maybe he is a Pratt this week, but I can't see him winning the Bellon Dior we can all be prats. It's fine. It doesn't mean you're a prat in general. I mean, do you think with... Uh, I saw a few people saying that that's Liverpool out of the title race now, which I found incredible. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, look, that's two points dropped, but I still think that Liverpool will be there or thereabouts. It's going to be very difficult. It's a great weekend for Man City, as we saw, but um, I don't think you can rule Liverpool out just because they didn't... I mean, look, at the end of the day... If Darwin Nunez scores that chance in the first half, if you score first against Luton, you've got the three points. Liverpool just weren't clinical enough, I don't think. Yeah, and we'll come on to it a bit later, but I do think Luton Town, we, we said it last week, I think it was, I, I said it maybe, I should get commended, that you know Luton Town are on a tra trajectory. Rob Edwards mentioned it in his post-match press conference a couple of weeks ago. I think it was after maybe even the defeat to Burnley, but he was like, the stats, the training, the performances are all trending in the right direction. If this had been at the start of the season, we'd have been going into the weekend saying Liverpool six, you know, Luton nil. But they, they are really becoming a really good unit, a real clear philosophy. And there's something to like about Luton, which, you know, not many people can say. Still going to get relegated. Um, another contender is Anthony Taylor, which we sort of, sort of spoken about, demoted to the championship. Uh, ch championship. I'm not going to want, I don't want to mention sheep and Anthony Taylor. Um Proceeds to give one of the... So, I don't know. Apparently, he... Uh, well, I know he got demoted, but he was back on Sunday because he was the fourth official, I think, in the Luton-Liverpool game. So, demoted for half a weekend. Typical. Um, but he had, apparently had a bad performance in the Championship. Yeah, but ball's gone through. One-on-one -on -one striker with the... He's, striker's missed. And then all of a sudden, it's one of them ones where he's, oh, God, he's gone... <whistles> penalty. And the replays are absolutely shocking. The defender lays a slight hand on him. He says he pulls him back. And he's gone down to the championship. We're having to suffer now. So thanks a lot for that, Mark. Kai Havertz is uh, another contender for Pratt of the Week. I mean, what I, I mean, again, I, I mean, I think the the, 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 what was the name of the, the referee? John Brooks from Newcastle, uh, Arsenal game. I think he was the referee. Can you confirm that? No, I, I think it, no, I think yeah. it was, whether it's John Brooks or bloody Garth Brooks. I don't really care. The reality is God. the referee from God that Newcastle-Arsenal game has to be a contender for Pratt of the Week because, you know, I mean, he, he, ran a, he ran a shit show, let's be honest. But 
what I found amazing, Will, was, and I want to get your opinion on whether it was a red card for Kai Havertz, but what I found incredible was that he booked Kai Havertz for, for, for what should have been a red, but then he proceeded to book three Newcastle players for dissent. And I'm like, anyone with common sense would know that's a borderline red card. So I've let him off with a yellow. You would never then go and book three Newcastle players so that they lose out. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. I think the Havertz one, I don't want to sit on the fence, but if it could be an orange, because it, mm. it was dangerous. You have seen him given red. I, I like the fact that he kept him on. And I know this shouldn't, it's not part of the rule book, but if it could have been an orange card, it would have been perfect. But yeah, Bruno's... And also with that one, you can tell he gets rolled up because there's a little shove from Joe Linton where you just like... I was watching it on Match of the Day. I was like, I know exactly what's coming here. You know when you get pushed on the pitch and then he's mm. he's gone for him. Um and yeah, the other one, I just thought it was a it was a good game. And if, if we didn't have the VAR, we'd be just enjoying the game a bit more from what it was. It was like both teams going at each other. There was a bit of needle in the game. It was one of these games that's become a rivalry for no apparent reason. And we should just be enjoying it for that. So, yeah. But yeah, you, you're right. Again, I mean, it's just another advocate for getting rid of VAR because if the referee on the pitch doesn't, so, doesn't send Havertz off, you momentarily go, that's a disgrace. And then you carry on. And the same with the Bruno Gomez one. You know, you see the replay and you go, he's a lucky boy. But the problem is, I don't expect the referee to see what Bruno Gomez did. It's off, you know, it's off the ball sort of thing. Yeah. But because of VAR, we have this backup plan and, they, and they're not doing their job. Uh, I think that, yeah, for me, Emmy um, Martinez, worst save of the season. Rooney... You know, my, my oh, what's this? My tweet when Wayne Rooney was two 0 up at the week. I'm I'm in I'm in a Pratt of the week contender. What you what's going on? No, I, no, I was put I was putting myself in the Pratt of the week just for oh. doing what I said earlier because you know I should know better than you know trusting a Birmingham City two 0 lead, especially after one pint of Guinness. Um, I did want to have a shout for Emmy Martinez as well because I don't know if you mm. saw that second that Nottingham Forest did, especially after winning goalkeeper of the year. Um, but this is Goldbridge Saves football. Thank you for all your Pratt nominations, but there is only one judge, juror and executioner, and that is Mark Goldbridge. So, Mark, who is Pratt of the Week? Darwin, you can take a sigh of relief. Uh, Anthony Taylor, you got away with it. Kai Havertz, you're a very lucky boy for the second time in a few days, but it has to be. John Brooks, referee for Newcastle against Arsenal, you are Pratt of the Week, and this is a tune especially for you. You're a Pratt, he's a Pratt, she's a Pratt, they're whiny. Now it's time for Pratt of the Week. One, two, three. Love oh, that. I need, I need that in my life every single day. Uh, anyway, let's move on to either or section. Uh, Will, are you going to take the lead on this? Yeah, there were some fantastic ones. Again, get involved on Spotify, also on the YouTube community tab. If you want to nominate your Pratt, you want to put some either ors in there. There was a great one from, I've forgotten to put there. I have to put myself in Pratt of the Week, actually, because last Friday we had the Q&A section with fans, which we've brought a few into this one as well. And there were some great questions, which I essentially robbed and took of my own and didn't say anyone's username. So I apologise. Yeah, uh, and that's what you do. And that's how I've started and will end my career. Um, We're going into a... Yeah, thank you. We're going into a fantastic week of European football. Uh, Manchester United got a huge game. Copenhagen versus United. I want to know who you think is going to win that. But then also, who do you think will go furthest in the Champions League out of the English teams, excluding Manchester City? 
Copenhagen against United. I fancy United to win. I think there's a bit of momentum after the Fulham game. I don't expect it to be pretty, but we actually do need to win as well, having lost to Galatasaray and Bayern Munich. So I would go United with that. And with regards to which English team will go further in the Champions League, I was very nearly considering Liverpool, but then I forgot they're playing on Thursday nights, so they're not going to go far. Probably as uh, Azerbaijan, places like that, which is quite far actually. But in a in a Champions League sense, nowhere. Um, Liverpool fans, you've got to be open to it. You've got to be open to the banter. Um, we certainly are at United. I would go with so it's Arsenal, Newcastle, and Man United, isn't it? Um, yeah. Oh, you well, know what? Do you think Manchester City will go all the way as well? Well, it's unfair. Man City are the holders, so we'll just assume that they they're going to go all the way. But I actually think Arsenal are trucking I almost feel like Arsenal aren't in the Champions League they're getting very little um, exposure really very little coverage and that's because they're just you know Newcastle and Man United are getting a lot of mentions because Newcastle's first foray in a long time and a good group and United have lost a couple I think Arsenal have been very uh, comfortable finished top of the group they should get a comfortable draw puts them into the last what eight so I I think Arsenal are a good shout to be uh, the team that goes furthest with Man City Newcastle might not even get out of the group same for Man United that'd be a great game tomorrow and I think it's five o'clock uh, or or today as of if you're listening on Tuesday as Newcastle that's what you want and as a as a football fan well, like what, either group. or that Newcastle or Dortmund in this uh, game today what are you going to go with I, I've got a feeling Newcastle will do it I think you know Dortmund had a strong start to the season they played really well and I think Eddie Howe spoke about some of the European dark arts that Newcastle weren't accustomed to. Hopefully they mm. learn from that. And I I think they I think they can do a little one nil there, just reverse it. But if you're a Newcastle fan, you get into the Champions League in your away days of Dortmund, Milan and Paris. Yeah. Just coming back into the yeah, coming back into the Champions League. It's absolutely yeah. fantastic. That's a, you know, I could only dream of that. Yeah, I, I think Dortmund will beat them. But I don't think that necessarily puts Newcastle out. But yeah, um, it's a tough group. And, and and Newcastle were poor against Milan and got a draw. Um, so they're going to have to defend very, very well. But yeah, I think Dortmund just looked better than them at St. James's Park. And respect to Dortmund as well, because it's not hard to go and play. It's not. It's very hard to go and play well there. And they did play very well indeed. Um, the next one I wanted to come on to was slightly different, but there was a tweet doing the rounds over the weekend. Basically, someone had tweeted out, I think it was the goal of the season contenders from the season 2006 and 2007. And basically mm. the tweet, which is, is just loading on my screen now, basically saying, you don't see this anymore. Football is turning into a sort of organised chess match where mm. you know teams are robotic and positioned to be in, in certain areas of the pitch at certain times. And it's really taken out the individuality of it. 100%. Ties into the fact of, uh, you know, Manchester City steamrolling Bournemouth 6-1 at the weekend. There were some really good goals in that as well, individual efforts. But are we getting old? Are we in the wrong? You know, there's a lot of young fans that love the stats, love getting into that side of things. Um, are we in the wrong? Are we the old ones? Well, I suppose it's football now or football then, isn't it? And... Yeah, I've been well. We've discussed this a few times. I think football at the moment. Well, I know football at the moment. It's that old Kyle Walker thing we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, where there's space to run past a player and he's quick enough to do it. He's got to beat the man, but just knock the ball past him and beat him, and he turns back and passes. And that's from the training ground. We've lost this individualism to take a player on, and if you take a player on, it it kills a system if you get past them because everyone's marking everyone and you're in space, so they've got to move out of it, and then there's chaos. 
but nobody will do that anymore because it's all about the press press as a team keep your shape mark your players um we've lost the individualism so for me football then over football now now i am a bit of a nostalgia king especially this time of year you start thinking about sabutio and that christmas was great and oh you, know, you are old sensible world of soccer championship manager the lot but i think Christ. if you want to look at the difference in football now and the difference in football then the technique is better now because they're fitter and they're trained better 100 percent. but look at some of the i mean I'm, I'm talking premier league era as well look at the goals that tony yeboa matt letitia were scoring we're not seeing goals like that we're not seeing i mean i mean matt letitia might have questionable opinions on twitter now maybe add them then twitter didn't exist but look at some of the individual goals he was scoring like little keep ups bang or flick it over someone's head flick it over someone else's head bang you know, we're not seeing those sort of goals now. And I think that's a shame in a set. I love football. I love the Premier League. It's the best league in the world. I think the, the officials are destroying it. And we're talking too much about officials and not enough about football. That's a fact. But I also think we are missing out on some beautiful elements of football because of the current obsession with playing out from the back and system and press. And we're not seeing those individual goals. We're not, we're not actually, we're not even... Not see. I mean, remember was it was it Gary O'Neill for Portsmouth or was it the other guy who played for Portsmouth who like scored from forty five yards? Matty Taylor. We're not we're not we're not seeing those sort of goals anymore. I think this is a great point that we need to delve into a little bit more because we're not seeing the same sort of goals that we were 10, 20 years ago. And you know, I you know I love Jude Bellingham and and he's a, he's a t- becoming a real talisman for Real Madrid and some of the goals he scored. You know, a lot of people calling him a tapping merchant at the start of the season, which is absolutely ridiculous. Some of his goals are very in- individual. What, what are they doing with their lives? They're probably working in <laughs> Woolworths. Yeah, that doesn't, that what were work. you doing when you were nineteen? Yeah, well, how yeah. long have you been in Woolworths for? It's been shut down for ten years, so maybe get out. Probably um, nicking their dad's even... magazines and having a wank in the shed. That, well, that's going to get cut. Uh, no, that's fine. We're leaving that as the title. One big wank. Yeah. Um, Jack well, Grealish is the prime example <laughs> example yeah. for me because as Aston Villa, he was the star player. He was the talisman, the captain, and sort of had that free roam to, to not do what he wants, but yeah. his his um, superstar powers, if you will, came to the fore there. He'd be taking people on. He'd be the real key member of that team and there'd be a highlight reel after most games. Some. Some say he was diving for fouls. Others say he was just, you know, playing the game creative. in the right way. Um, creative. But he, he, no doubt there, you wanted to watch Jack Grealish play. Where now, I feel like it's more... We've Passing talked about me. it. Oh, you want to see... You wanna see, Yeah, but you want to see Tottenham play. You want to see Brighton play. You want to see Man City play. It's not... Oh, you know, James Madison a little bit in there. But I just feel they're taking the... We all compared like Madison and even Grealish as the next Gazza. But that's more... Not, not for the off-field sort of personality that it is because, you know, football's quite well, here's a question. sparse of personalities. What player gets the ball and runs at people? Name me five who consistently gets the ball and runs at people and terrifies defences. I mean, look, to be fair, Rashford can do it. Doesn't He doesn't even do it that much under Ten Hag. You know, no, there's the, the, there used to be loads of players that did that. I mean, look at like Louis Figo, uh, it's, Neymar. It's like... Um, it's Ronaldo. like, sorry, like a sleeper Messi. agent, isn't it? Football now, where mm. you know them. It was, I can't remember. Is it, if you you get given a code word and then it says someone says it and then you wake up and then you're an agent and then you do mm. whatever you've been told to do. It feels like yeah, that with yeah. football, where like they're in transitions and it's like pass, pass, pass. Oh, go, 
go. We need to go activate. Activate. And it's that there. Activate the like, press. Activate the press. Yeah. Have a rest. Have a yeah. rest. Activate the press. But it's not even... Yeah. Look, Messi's a great point. I know he's the best player in the world, but look at Messi 10 years ago. He'd get the ball on the halfway line, literally run past four or five players and whip it in the top corner. I mean, but it wasn't... The thing is, it's like, well, he's the best player in the world. But that used to happen quite regularly. I remember King Cladsey at Man City. You know, there the, the used to be players that would get the ball and take people on. It's not, it's, it's not in the... Pro, it's not in the... It's not in, they're not allowed. And it's not in, the pro, it's not in them, their brains to do that at the moment. Yeah, so definitely, definitely football then was more appealing for goals and, 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 and style of play that I liked. I think it's too technical now. Um, and I think, maybe I think it when, will evolve. Um, maybe when Seb's a bit older, because he'll have grown up in this tactic area, we get him on and say, Seb, which football would you, this goal of the season or this goal of the season? And then we can get the definitive answer then. Yeah. Uh, but that's a okay. few years off. Um, I wanted to get a few more viewer questions in because like we said on Spotify, please get in touch in the interactive section, please get involved on the community tab on YouTube if you haven't got Spotify, because your questions have been great and we just like to thank you. So I wanted to start off with a bit of a look back at the weekend. Mark, you can have a think because I've got a few nominees here, but it was from Lucas Merkelanis. He said, best unexpected player or team of the week would be a great segment. We'll decide that, but you've got in this week. Um, I wanted a big shout out to Thomas Kaminsky, the Luton town keeper. Moved from Blackburn in the summer and Blues played him last year and Kaminsky gave what could only be described as a movie appearance. He was saving shots that shouldn't have been saved, got dropped by Blackburn, gone to the Prem and he well, it should have been three, should have been a clean sheet, but he definitely earned loot in that point. And the other one, I turned on, t- the t- um, turned on TV uh, Sunday night, 8pm, uh, Charlton versus Cray Valley Paper Mills. Now yeah, I like to this. say I'm a bit of a football football nerd but I'd never heard of the Cray Valley Paper Mills um, and they managed to get a draw away at Charlton and they'll have a replay back at the, at the Paper Mill Don't know what the ground apparently called. they're not even and the best team in Cray Valley what, is that true or is that a little joke and I've not I, no, I got told it. it by Luke who's the, one of the producers at uh, the Football Fill-In today they said that, it, that there is a team that's higher ranked in Cray Valley than Cray Valley I mean, maybe wow. it's Cray Valley United or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Get let us know in the chat about that one. Um, I, I would say it's a bit high, high, high hanging fruit here, but I'd say Declan Rice. Um, I know he was a good player at West Ham, but I was really surprised how good he was against Newcastle. Like he looked like one of the best midfielders in the league, which is you know I know what they've bought him to be that, but I thought he played really, really well. So yeah, just a bit of an obvious one maybe, but there we go. All right, well, I know you're top-ended, so I'll finish on a low one. Uh, Cameron Archer for Sheffield United getting three valuable three points. Keeper should have saved that. In... Come on, I've seen, I've seen you in goal, Mark. You forget about this. Yeah, yeah, um, it, it was like me in goal. Proper keeper would have saved so, that. <laughs> so, yeah, let us know if you want to keep that. Uh, also get involved as well. And then there was a good one here. Think on your toes. If every Premier League, If every team in the Premier League had to be managed by one of their former players, who would be in the top four? And what would the bottom three look like? Obviously, we're not going to go into that. That's from Marco Stevens, But it's just a good thinker, that one. You know, uh, Jordan in the office, he said, you know, Arsenal have already got Arteta, so they can keep that. But Manchester City, where are you going there? Yeah, that's uh, that's either a really good question or really <laughs> boring. <laughs> that's a great question. So basically, you've got to get a manager who used to be at a play at the club and then predict who's going to be in the top four and the bottom three. I'd rather go and sort out yeah. a sock draw. I really would. 
I really would. I, well, I couldn't. Um, we appreciate couldn't all the questions here on Golf and Show Football. We do appreciate uh, them. Appreciate yeah. to Marco Stevens. Yeah, do better. Yeah. And that yeah, was that was to me, not to you. Um, competition. Uh, Mark, do you want to tell them a bit more about the live show? We alluded to it. Uh, I will be picking the winners. Look in your Instagram DMs because I'll be sliding into them. Nothing funny, but uh, someone didn't even pick up their code from last time. So just have a look at your DMs. Yeah, we. some of you have been doing this last week. Uh, leave us a question in the questions area of Spotify. Um, just leave us a suggestion for the show. Uh, any topics you'd like discussing or regular themes or anything like that or just general feedback, leave us your Instagram post and uh, your Instagram, what do they call it, title, and uh, we will be awarding 20 tickets, well, 10 tickets, but a plus one to the winners. So 10 of you will win. And this is for our Christmas show, which is on December the 11th. You can get your tickets anyway. We want to see some uh, Goldbridge State Football Ultras there. It's on December the 11th in Manchester at Century Hall. Give it a search, United Stand Christmas Show, Manchester, December the 11th. You can find your tickets just by searching that on Google. It works for me. And uh, we want to see some of you there. We've got a quiz where we're going to be up against the football fill-in, which is Ben Foster. He's going to be on the, on stage with us as well. Cracking pre-Christmas night. And we'd love to have people who support the podcast there for us. It'll be our first little forage into live uh, show. So, And also we're going to be giving 10 tickets away. So get your comments in on Spotify with some suggestions. And make sure you leave us the title of the show as uh, the title of your Instagram as well. I uh, would really appreciate that. Also, if I don't do well, I have been told I will be sacked. So any support on the live sacking, yeah, great. Yeah, so uh, please just get chant will me. out. If you don't like me, stay away. Yeah, looking forward to that. It was always good to sack someone just before Christmas and look at their face when they realise that <laughs> they're, they're jobless in 2024 and how they're going to pay for Christmas. And you know, at least you haven't got any kids that you know of. Exactly. No, yeah, uh, definitely hasn't. Time for the game. <laughs> yes yeah uh, we still haven't got a name for this game but um i prefer it to football hangman because i think it just basically takes the best from that so will will have a player he will give me uh five clues as to what they are and i will give uh him five clues and if i bet basically we get a guess after every clue so it's a bit like a penalty shootout so on guess one if i get it i get five if i get it on the last one i get one so uh do you want me to go first this week one yeah yeah it's, it's one, one one currently isn't it Yes, yeah. yeah, 1-1. Okay, so starting off with my player, uh, let's see how we're going to go with this. Okay, so I've won the Premier League and the Champions League. Uh, David Beckham. No. Uh, clue two is that I have played for... Uh, sorry, um, clue two is I'm over 30. Um, clue two is I'm over 31 the Premier League when the uh, Kyle Walker. No. Um, clue three is I have 80 caps for England. So he's definitely English. Yeah, thank you. Um, over 80 caps for England, Champions League, Premier League, and over 30. And over 30. Jordan Henderson. He's done it. He's bloody well done yes! it. He's, d he's done it on guess three, which equals three points. Well done. Thank you very much. Can I um, beat it? Question number, clue number one. I am a member of the Premier League 100 Goals Club. 
Darren Bent. Incorrect. Teammate for club and country have included David Beckham, Stephen Gerrard and Roy Keane. Mm. Mm, David Beckham, Roy Keane and Stephen Gerrard. Uh, Michael Owen. No, he's not playing. Incorrect. He's not played with Roy Keane. I played in one World Cup for my country and I scored three goals at that tournament. Oh, you know what? People are going to be screaming and shouting about this and I, and I can't bloody think who it is. 100 goals. Played with Beckham, Skulls and Gerrard. Played in one World Cup and no, scored Beckham, three. Skull, Beckham, Gerrard and Keane. It's Beckham, Gerrard and Keane. And played in one World Cup for his country and scored three goals at that tournament. Wait, I, I'm going to guess Rooney, but he played in more than one World Cup. Incorrect. Oh. I once met Barack Obama after captain in the winning side in the MLS Cup in 2014. <laughs> oh, my God. See, these are, I think these are good because they're better than my last clues. They make you think. You've probably got a pool of names there that you're thinking of. But which one to select? Which one to throw the harpoon into the pool and pull out the fish? Reed Van Nisseroy. Incorrect. Go on. I have a trademark goal celebration that includes a forward roll and gunshots. Cavani. No, no it's not fucking you Cavani. <laughs> oh! Oh! Who is it? When was he in the 100 club? Robbie Keane. Oh, fuck off. Robbie Keane. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I would never have got that. I couldn't. I actually do not care. So when's he played with Beckham? LA Galaxy. Oh, and, and who was the other one he's played with? Steven Gerrard at Liverpool. Roy and Keane at International. Uh, you know what? The chat's going to go mad. <laughs> They're going to go mad. I've gone down. I tell you what, I've gone down an alleyway. I think I'm in bloody Birmingham and actually I'm in Venice. That's a joke. I never would have got that. Never would have got that. It's deceptive. Deceptive, that was. (laughs) They're meant to be. They're meant to be for easy. They're meant to, you know. Jordan Henderson. I I tell you what. Next week, you're gonna. You're not winning. Basically, you've you've set yourself up now. I I will win easy. I've got superior. He goes too. He goes too hard. He goes too hard. (laughs) He does. Definitely goes too hard. He goes too hard. There's a definite disparity between mine. You know anybody can play and will where basically you need to be playing football manager for the last 90 years for 10 hours a day. Nerd. You should be working on VAR. (laughs) No wonder you're pro VAR. The disparity comes in our knowledge, mate. And I've got superior knowledge, which I'll show. You could have given me another five clues. I wouldn't have got that. I'm Irish and my name's Robbie Keane. Clue six. We should have the podcast world, uh, football podcast world on lockdown because you've got me who caters for, you know, a certain type of audience, and then you who who caters for the the nerds. <laughs> I've heard these podcasts yeah. out there, cliches and, and all that. Over. They'd, they'd love that. They'd love that. Anyway, look, you know, at least we give you both sides, a straightforward one, and then a technical one from Will. There we go. Give him some credit. Uh, fantastic podcast. Absolutely loved the little jingle. It's got to be worth five stars for that. Remember to get your questions in as normal as well. We've got those tickets for the show that you can get to, whether you want to buy them or try and win one. We'd look for, love to see you on December the 11th. Um, anything else from you, Will? No, just this. See you later. 
Bye. You're a Pratt, he's a Pratt, she's a Pratt, they're whiny. Now it's time for Pratt of the Week. One, two, three.